Good morning, Zonario. How are you guys? I'm excited to be back with you guys. And actually, only one more weekend until I'm here fully, full-time with me and my family. We have, we're making the transition from Playas to come to Zonario to be here with an extended part of our family. So I'm excited. But the last time I was here... I was able to introduce my husband really uh, briefly, and I'm not going to call you back up, honey, I promise. But I just wanted, (laughs) he's all nervous back there. But no, I just wanted to, you know, give you guys a little, a little history lane between me and my family, but I have a few pictures I want to share with you guys. Me and my husband, we have been married for 14 years. And well, and together for 19. So it's been amazing. We have a few pictures up. They'll show you. This is our, our youngin days before we had kids. <laughs> the next one is a more recent one. I chose this one because it kind of just hid all the nooks and crannies that I tried to hide. <laughs> but we also together we have three beautiful daughters. Alina, that is 14, Juliana, that's 16, and Olivia, that is eight, which she thinks she's going on about 16. She's, she, if you know Olivia, you know she's, uh, she's a lot more older mentality. Together, we also have two handsome boys, Jonathan, 10, and Ezekiel. He will be actually eight months on Valentine's Day. So, And together, this is our family. We have a big family. And there's never a dull moment in my house at all. This goes with the fun, the chaos, the projects, the school trips, the sports. But I have to say, I love it. I enjoy the chaos. I enjoy the excitement and the energy. And you know what? Me and Juan, we've, had, we've been a great team through it all. We've had our moments where we just had to, you know, really have each other's strength and, and pick each other up in the hard times. There's also times that we really had to dig deep in understanding one another. And it really hit us when we moved to Tijuana. We actually, we're going to be celebrating our 14 years here in Tijuana this month. And... Um, Having no family here for many years was really hard for us. Our life consisted of just kids, work. Well, work for him because I stayed at home with the kids majority of the time. And with that kind of rhythm, when we had responsibility at work and home, and being so excluded in our own little world, it's easy to kind of fall apart. And that's where we found ourselves. As I became more independent here in Tijuana, and Juan was busy working long hours, and I started to feel like, what about me? I started to lose myself. Because I couldn't just go out and go talk to the world. It was my Spanish, as some of you have heard my butcher Spanish. I, I, I get the message across, I promise. And that's been a lot of practice throughout the years. But I felt like a single parent at times. It was really hard. And hard conversations are really hard to have. And that's what me and Juan did for many years. 
We avoided the opportunities to sit down and talk about what's really going on. It came to a point where we walked around the house feeling like roommates. It was just like in and out, work, hi, bye, breakfast, dinner, kids, and off he went again. And to most of our family and friends, we looked happy. We looked amazing, like everything on the outside was amazing. Every picture that was on Facebook looked perfect, like no one would have ever thought. But deep down inside, we were both probably hurting. We were in a season of trying to figure out what life was going to look like. Like all of our family was gone. It was a whole new experience for us. Until one day, we were out running around doing some errands, and I just I couldn't hold it in anymore. We had a conversation, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And do you know how hard that was for me to tell my husband? A moment where my, not even my husband wanted to look at me in my eyes. He stayed quiet in the car. And he just, well, I guess you made up your mind, he told me. The hard words that we had to share with each other that day were really hard. But do you know what it did for us? It opened our eyes to acknowledge that we needed to work harder. We needed to understand everything. It led us to a process where we both opened our eyes that we needed each other. It didn't fix everything in one day. It didn't fix everything instantly. But what it did, it, it put us both in this process to acknowledge the problem. And we needed to realize that, yeah, things were broken and things were not perfect. And it led us to an open, vulnerable position as husband and wife to even more questions. Questions like, how can I understand you better? How can I be a better wife for you? We even sometimes ask each other, hey, how's your love tank? And if he's below 50, then I know I'm not doing a good job. Or maybe he's hungry because my husband is a hangry kind of person. But we, we are intentional in, of asking each other, hey, how are you doing? It took a lot of time. It took a lot of understanding. And ladies, if you are going to open yourself up to ask your husband, hey, how can I be a better wife? You have to be able to understand their feedback and not take it as criticism or take it be like, okay, I am willing to hear you. Now, God, give me the strength to do what I have to do to be that wife that my husband needs. And that's what it took, a patience, understanding. It took us how to understand our love language better. And it all started by just that one single hard conversation. But you know what? Me and my husband are still standing here. We're still going strong. And 
Just like Rattle said, my God can restore and heal anything that he wants to, and that's exactly what he did for me and my husband. And honey, I love you. Thank you for being my everything. But today we are starting a brand new series called Hard Words. And these hard words are just the things, not just the words that really cut deep and make people feel horrible about themselves, but it's allowing us to understand the hard words that need to be said at the right time and in the right way. There's often times where when we think about hard words that we try to, you know, push away or avoid or the ones that we just really want to hurt people where it hurts. And that's not what this series is going to be about. We're not talking about those hard words. We're talking about the words that are, are not supposed to cause damage, but that are the ones that are supposed to speak truth and love to other people. And this is your first fill-in. To see our relationships grow, we have to speak hard words. We have to speak hard words. Now I want to be very clear again, this is not something like you tell it like it is and I'm just going to be in my emotions and I'm going to say whatever comes out of my mouth. That's not what it is. It's communicating different truths in a way that leads each other into greater honesty. It's, it's able to increase us in understanding each other in difficult situations and to allow us to grow deeper in love. Well, that's my sin. <laughs> in Ephesians 4.15, it tells us, speak truth in love. And that's what's hard for us to do many times. Speaking truth to each other isn't the hard part, but it's doing it in love. That's the hard part. And that's where most of us fall short of. So as we enter this new series, we're going to be looking at different critical things that we need to say to each other in order to strengthen our relationships, to grow, so it could be to look and, and feel the way that God has designed our relationships to be. We're going to be looking at like things today, thank you and I love you, yes and no, which those are very hard words for me, please forgive me and I forgive you, I need help. And how can I help you? Hard words. But we are going to be looking at it in a way of how God directs us, how he wants us to share those words in his way. And I know I started off by talking about my marriage. This series is not only going to be about marriage. It's going to be meant for every meaningful relationship that you guys have that is valuable. These words, they, they matter to God. Everything that God has taught us and has shown us is directly what he modeled for us and how to live by. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's for a parent, your children, a sibling, a friend, or even coworkers. Throughout this whole series, we are going to be looking at ways that we could strengthen those relationships, or maybe even the holes that we're falling short of. 
because words matter in a healthy relationship. And also, our relationship with God. So how healthy is that? Each week we are gonna discover what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of our spiritual life. Jesus spoke this in Luke 6. This is gonna be our opening verse. Oh no, sorry. It's gonna be a verse of how he tells us what we produce when we speak. Luke 6, verse 45, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So what we say is really how we feel in our heart. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking how some people say, hey, drunk people really say the truth. <laughs> but we are gonna be looking at now at a biblical perspective. So in our relationship with God and in our relationships with people around us, we want the words, what we say, even the hard ones, to reflect our healthy heart. So let's, by, let's start this series out by looking at, thank you, and I love you. And some of you guys are like, ah, this one's going to be easy because I say that all the time. This is, this is not for me, Right? But in Luke chapter 6, I want us to look at the words of what it means behind the heart. What, it really, what does it really mean when we say thank you? What are we expressing? It's, just, it's not just identifying or acknowledging that someone did something for us, but it's something deeper than that. Thank you means so much more. It's showing gratitude. It's expressing the gratitude for that person. And hopefully, gratitude is something that we both express and we receive at the same time. I mean, if you guys all think back from when you were little, it's something that our parents kind of hovered over our shoulder and told us, did you say thank you? I got five kids. So when it's birthday time and you make sure that, you, okay, after all the presents, you go around the whole room and you tell everybody, thank you. Did you say thank you? You ask them, did you say thank you? Did you say thank you? How many parents can relate to that? I still do it. But I wanna dig deep in the expression of gratitude and the appreciation that is a little hard for us to go by. And there's an interesting story in the Bible where we see this kind of, this kind of play out. In Luke chapter 17, it's gonna be up on the screen or in your notes, it says, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 14. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, he was met by 10 leapers who stood at a distance and lifted their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, before we get into the rest of the verse, I want to explain to you what is going on here because this section of the Gospels is what they call the traveler's narrative. And this was Jesus making his way to Jerusalem, one of his final moments. And if you know about the story, you know, leapers were very known to be unclean. They were shunned. They had to be separated from the others. And it was very feared. People feared them. 
it was highly contagious. And now we know this disease to be curable. It's not as bad this day, but back then they were looked and at like outcasts to, to society. So you see in this passage that these 10 leapers, they were, they were standing in a position where they were outcast all the way around. They were isolated from everyone that they knew and they loved. And they called out to Jesus. They didn't dare to approach him because they knew where they, they stood. They were looking as unclean. And, you know, Jesus, as his response, when he didn't tell them, go to the priest, he wasn't trying to get rid of them. He was just simply telling them, you are healed. And back then, leapers had to go back to the priest to get viewed so they could be, get the okay, like, okay, you guys are good. You're welcome back home, probably. But he told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And the priest, so that they could declare them as clean. This is what happens next verses 15 through 19. It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. Now, he, now this man was a Samaritan, And when Jesus answered, he said, we're not 10 of clean. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, rise and go, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Now you see, Jesus kind of was taken back because only one, only one came back to say thank you. Only one. And he no longer stayed a distance from Jesus. He came and he fell to his feet, showing his gratitude. And he was a foreigner. So this foreigner, the Sumerian, had double the outcast. Not only did he have leprosy, he was shunned for that, but he was also a Sumerian. And the Samaritans were looked at and ridiculed by the Jewish people. They didn't want nothing to do with them. They were viewed, like, to give you guys a better example, where they were viewed and kind of pushed away like, like the Raiders or the Chargers would. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to go there today. I'll let it go because it's your guys' day, not because you guys made the Super Bowl, but because it's the sports day. I'll let that one go. But no, they were viewed kind of like, have you seen people put pineapple on their pizzas? the real Italians would look at you and be like, what? <laughs> no, that is not real Italian cuisine. Even my husband had told me when people put ketchup on their hot dog, New Yorkers, they'll look at you like, no, no. And that's what Jesus, he, he healed these 10 men. He actually transformed their life. He did more than just healing them from this terrible disease. He gave them an opportunity to, to reunite with society because that's what he does. He does it all the time, we see it now. But 90% of these men didn't even come back and express their gratitude. 
or even show that they appreciated him for just listening. And I don't think Jesus, we don't see him kind of just say, oh, no, it's all right. I mean, I already knew what was going to happen. We don't see him just like, ah, oh, it's all right. No biggie, I'm Jesus. It's what I could do. He was actually annoyed. He called them out on it. Where are the other nine? Didn't I heal more than just you? He called them out. Not because he wanted the thank you. Not because he needed them to express, but he was trying to show an example. This is your first fill-in. Unexpressed appreciation, it communicates ingratitude. It's very well possible that all 10 or even the missing nine, yeah, they probably did feel a lot of gratitude, but only one expressed it. Only one didn't feel content to just leave without coming back and expressing it. And it was the outsider. He's the only one that made the effort to show his appreciation. And you know what? I think we're all guilty of that at some point of, at a time. We feel very grateful to someone, and sometimes we forget to really express our gratitude. I know I fall short from it. You know, I'm truly grateful for, you know, the things that my kids do for me. They're a big help. And I'm truly grateful. I was just speaking to one of the ladies here and like, it must be a, you know, a big help for them to help you with the baby. It really is. It's a big blessing. But oftentimes, I miss the opportunity to really say thank you. Because I assume they know this rhythm of the way we live becomes a routine. Like washing dishes, sweeping and mopping, it becomes our normal. And that's what we do with God. We thank him, yeah, when we get those answered prayers or those unexpected blessings. But what about all the everyday simple stuff? What about just waking up? What about just driving to work and making it home safely? We assume he knows because, yeah, we feel the gratitude, but are we expressing it? The lack of expressed gratitude, it communicates ingratitude. We have to be intentional because that little word, thank you, changes a lot for a relationship no matter who it is. And we have a similar dynamic when we come to another expression, the word I love you. Now this phrase, I love you, is very impactful. And it's something that we take for granted too or fall short from really expressing that I love you. It's the most important thing that we could do for each other is by saying, hey, I love you. 
I know sometimes, you know, it could feel a little mushy, right? Seem too emotional, and that's why we push away from it. Because it opens up this vulnerable state for us that we tried to avoid or even hide from others. And maybe it's something, you know, you don't, you don't hear too often here at church, but expressing to people that you love them, it isn't being soft or mushy. It's just that deep, meaningful, and practical way that is so powerful. Here's why I want to talk about this, is because this expression of thank you and I love you, they go hand in hand. Because gratitude and love, it's a fundamental to form our foundation. It's a a fundamental piece, not only in our relationships, but also with God. Do you guys know that according to one study, 67.5 marriages end up ending primarily to do because a lack of appreciation or the lack of feeling loved. Now that goes up there with the top five, infidelity and money problems. That's over half. So we see how important that I love you means. This three word phrase is so important. And just like unexpected, unexpressed appreciation communicates ingratitude, this is your next fill-in, unexpressed love communicates indifference. Who would have known? But it's so true. When we don't communicate love to people or even to God, we communicate indifference. And it's, that's not even our attention. We're not even aware that's what we are doing. But what it could be to other people, it could be screaming out something like, I don't see you, I don't care. And today I want to encourage all of us to take those steps to express our love and gratitude to the important people in our lives by using those two phrases. And we could start very small, but we have to try. Because the people that are in your life, they want to feel like they are seen they are heard, that they are loved. When you share these phrases, it's letting them know you love them, you appreciate them, that you care. With your kids, with your parents, with every meaningful relationship that we have. As a parent, I always told myself that I wanted to be a better parent than what I had or I experienced. And I always felt like I was doing that well. Oh, man. I really felt like I was throwing myself out there with this talk. Like, I fall short too. I really do. But not too long ago, one of my girls told me, Mom, you only say I love you too. 
You only tell me I love you too, which means they're the first ones to say I love you. And that hit my heart. I instantly became defensive. And I said, yeah, I do. I tell you I love you a lot. That's not true. But it wasn't being received the way that I thought. I assumed my kids knew how much I loved them. But sometimes hearing the words from me means so much more. And my kids are all different. They receive love very differently. Some of them love it when I tell them. Some of them love when I'm sitting down, playing a game with them, making their favorite dinner, or just sitting down and watching a favorite show. And I try to do that with my friends too. I want to express that I really love them. I have a group of ladies that are really close to me. But I have this one friend, and I'm not going to say it the way she says it, because I'm pretty sure everyone will know who it is. <laughs> but she says, and it's hard not to say it the way she says it, though. Letty, I love you. I really do. And she looks at me in my eyes. And I say, I love you too. But the way she makes me feel when she says it gives me a sense of appreciation and a sense of meaning. I try to do that all the time. I try to show my friends that I love them. And I'm pretty sure it's really weird sometimes because I remember a few of the ladies, they weren't really huggers, and I'm a hugger. I love to hug people. So when there's one of the friends I met, she's definitely not a hugger. There was even time that she joked, she said, I would try to avoid you because I always knew that hug was coming. But they warmed up, they warmed up to me, and when they give me the hug first, I'm like, I got you, girl, you know? But this is your next feeling I want, to sh I want to share with you. It says, ingratitude and indifference communicates rejection. And I don't want my friends to feel like that. Even how busy our lives could get, we need to be intentional. It makes them feel rejected when we don't. And we don't intend for it to do so at all. But both ingratitude and indifference says, I could do things without you. It says things like, I don't need you, or I could do this on my own. And I recognize that this could be very hard because expressing deep gratitude could be sometimes make us feel like we're showing weakness. Because showing gratitude, it shows that I need you. It admits to the person that I need help. For our relationships to be as healthy as possible, we need to express the gratitude and the love. And this is our bottom line for today that we are going to be holding on to. It says, be the one who goes back 
to express gratitude and love to the ones who enable you to move forward. What would you think would happen if you were that first person? Maybe it's with your spouse or your friends or your parents to be the most grateful person in their life. What would you think would happen? Maybe we're doing it. Yeah, we probably are. But are we really doing it the way God wants us to do it? Maybe we just need to be a little better at it. You see, these small phrases like thank you and I love you, they have the power. They have the power to strengthen and deepen the relationships that God has designed for you to have. Be the most grateful person in your loved one's life. Do it this week. Ask God to identify the relationship that you need to just go a little more for. Who is it that needs to hear it? Not see it. Who needs to hear it? Married couples. Maybe it starts there with your spouse. Now, sometimes this could be very controversial of what I'm about to say. But your marriage should always come first before your kids. Because you are setting the example to what healthy, not perfect, not perfect, but healthy, what a healthy marriage should look like. They need to see mom and dad in love and in and happy so that way they could be happy by speaking just those words yes it is sometimes very hard probably because there's people that hurt you in the past but if this is something that i could do to strengthen the relationships that i have and that don't cost me money, <laughs> it's something worth investing. These people are not in your life by mistake. Would you stand with me? I understand maybe some of you right now are probably feeling in a way that you don't feel too gratitude right now. You don't feel too grateful of maybe the situations that are going on in your life. And maybe, maybe you sat here hearing me feeling like oh, expressing gratitude and love is just not something I want to hear about. Maybe some of you are standing before God and probably feeling the same way, saying, I can't do this no more. On how I was feeling with Juan. And if that's where you are at today, I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. Let God be at the center of whatever situation you got going on or what you are facing.
because that's what me and Juan had to do. The Lord blessed our marriage. He restored our marriage. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's not always going to be perfect, but because it's made of two imperfect people. And God is the only one that is perfect in that relationship. And having him in the middle, that's greatness and perfection all the way around. In every imperfect situation or circumstance. Let them in. Put God in the middle of your relationships. Maybe it's with your kids. Let's start using these words and these phrases today. Don't let time go by and the cracks of those relationships get a little whiter. It's going to take work. If you want to reap a harvest, you must first sow the seeds. Start small, but dream big and watch the efforts of what you are doing grow. Invest in the relationships by speaking gratitude to those around you. And from there, everything will change the same way Jesus did for us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you. We thank you for the big and the small miracles that you have done. Even the miracles that we haven't seen that we are just waiting for. Lord, we love you. Today, I pray, Lord, that you just give us the courage. Give us the words, the loving way to express the gratitude and the love. Strengthen our meaningful relationships, Lord. Help us restore the relationships that we feel are so broken. Lord, we invite you. We invite you to the center of every relationship that you have placed at our feet. We thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.